what have you experienced in your current role or position or company that you loved? Who is that person that you aspire to be? And then conversely, you have to look at who is it that has ruined your day a million times? <laughs> who is it and what are they doing that has made you feel that I need to explore other opportunities or that's it, I'm going after my side hustle once and for all and in two years, I'm out of here. That is just a bit of what you have to look forward to in today's podcast. I am talking to Rich Cardona and Rich is very cool because he is a Marine and not only does he help vets get back on their feet and get amazing jobs or start amazing businesses when they're done serving in the military, but he is also an expert in the topic of leadership. And this is good for you, even if you don't have a team. Obviously, if you have a team, this is huge. If you're thinking of building a team, this is great. Even if you just have a VA, this is relevant to you. And if you are a solopreneur, you are going to love what he is talking about because it's not just for people with teams where you need to be a leader. It is you as a business owner, as a salesperson, as you will hear him say, he will say whether you know it or not, there is always a conversation happening where you need to be a leader and you need to lead. And you are going to love this interview. He actually gets into three questions. Um, so make sure you're taking notes. I will also put these three questions in the show notes and they will keep you on track when you are conversing with anybody at any time. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy episode number 38 with Rich Cardona. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Rich, thanks so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you are on the podcast because you are an expert in everything leadership. And I feel like a lot of people, they don't understand that they need to learn about leadership. My audience is a lot of small business owners or they are all still in a full-time job and they're thinking about leaving that full-time job. So they're starting to side hustle. So leadership is like the furthest thing from their mind because they're they're saying, oh, I'm just on my own. I don't have a team. I don't know about leadership. I don't really need to know about it or I don't need to communicate. And I'll just treat other people the way I want to be treated, right? And then it'll all work out. But that's probably not the case. So I'm yep. so glad that you're here to like, set it straight for us. So I guess just start off by talking to those people, people who are side hustling. It's just them. They don't have a team and they think they don't need to learn about how to communicate with people or how to be a good leader. Like what would you say to those people? So the first thing I would say in that capacity is whether you know it or not, like it's, it's a buyer seller kind of conversation. So if I am opening and launching my business, I inevitably am going to need help. And I mean, you know that, I know that, and whether people like it or not, like it's not just going to be you all the time doing everything. You are quickly going to find out that your bandwidth uh, shrinks significantly, then you're going to have to bring people on. And I think there's a lot of fear of people's services or products being compromised if it's not them doing everything all the time. So the first thing you need to identify is 
why would I want to work with you, partner with you, or work for you? And that is a really important message to be able to convey. And I don't think that's something, Christina, that like you can practice. You need to kind of identify how authentic you are going to be with your people and the type of leader you're going to be. So the way I think about it is this. You said it's the furthest thing from their mind a lot of times, um, and, and, I, and I definitely agree. But you have to determine your good and bad experiences that you've had, especially if this is a side hustle type situation. What have you experienced in your current role or position or company that you loved? Who is that person that you aspire to be? And then conversely, you have to look at who is it that has ruined your day a million times? <laughs> who is it and what are they doing that has made you feel that I need to explore other opportunities or that's it, I'm going after my side hustle once and for all and in two years, I'm out of here. Uh, I always kind of call that the leadership toolbox. You know, you, you always take everything from the good and bad leaders collectively and then you kind of form your own leadership style. Once you identify that style, what I think happens is you will be able to kind of explain that to people, be like, hey, this is what I'm about, this is what I'm trying to do, and the most important thing, the most important thing overall is the why. Why Why am I doing this? Why do you help people in, who are you know, aspiring to break into the media business? Why do you consult for people? You know, What is the why? Because I think ultimately that's going to yield you the biggest buy-in rather than your normal kind of pitch. But just to reiterate from the very beginning, it's a buyer-seller kind of conversation. You are the one selling, and what are you going to do to make them buy, so to speak? I love that. And I am totally for the leadership toolbox idea, taking from the good leaders and leaving what the bad leaders taught you. And I am like shocked that there are still so many bad leaders. I mean, I look back at jobs that I've had. And I mean, I know people listening have had jobs where they've had terrible bosses. And it's like, why would a boss be this terrible knowing that they once had a boss that was this terrible. I mean, it shocks me, but that there are so many bad leaders because really, and it sounds so cliche and so silly to say, like treat other people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. But it really is shocking to me how many terrible leaders there are, not only just in you know these big businesses that we hear about, but also just small, locally owned businesses. So I love always keeping that in mind. And I know when I'm working with my team, I'm always keeping that in mind. Like, okay, don't act like this because you worked for a guy who was a total asshole yeah. and he would do this and you don't want to do that either. No, exactly. And I think one thing I want to touch on what you said was like, you know, you kind of understand in big companies how that happens. And I mean, I, I worked for a very big company at one point and, you know, it, it's just the if the growth is exponential, then for lack of a better term, like the talent pool is diluted a little bit. Now, on a small business, you would think you would think like I could absolutely make the best hires. I'm going to have the best people or, or whatever it is. But I think if it's your business, your baby, your money, your li livelihood on the line, your lifestyle on the line, it changes you. Like it, it really has the propensity and capacity to change you if you're not careful. So you have to be completely self-aware if and when your behavior starts to change. And I hope what you said resonates with people where you identify that moment 
statement or that sentence or that phrase or the command that you said to somebody that was very reminiscent of a bad experience you may have had because that will probably wake you up from that kind of, you know, I'm in love with my own ideas type mentality. And this all goes back to communication, right? Yes. So communication and leadership obviously go hand in hand, but my my biggest thing, my, my biggest kind of point on communication is does everyone know what the hell is going on? Does everyone know what's going on from the top to the bottom? Doesn't matter the size of the organization. Does everyone know what's going on? And can and because I, I say that because like, can you keep the main effort the main effort? So if my goal for today is this, or our goals for this quarter or this month are this, okay, cool. Everyone knows it. Great. But again, it's the why, like there's just, you have to have the buy-in. And the thing is, I think in a lot of situations people will pass that message down and everyone knows if I'm getting a paycheck this is my job I have to execute but you could take it a step further and explain to them some of the business aspects behind the decision and if they learn something about why these decisions are made and why they're being asked to do something then boom like they're gonna work harder and that is a technique I will forever use because why hoard information now clearly uh if there's like very high level you know aspects of, of the business or decisions that we're making um you know and, and it can't be shared okay you know you could i always had a phrase my hands are tied i would always tell my people if i can't explain it my hands are tied and that's just because i've been asked to not speak on it uh the only uh, the other thing i wanted to mention was there's there's a tactic i use and and i and i hope uh, some of your listeners get this as far as communication and this is you could use this professionally, personally. I mean, it all, it will never, ever fail you. And it's three simple questions. Number one is, what do I know? Number two is, who needs to know? And number three is, do they know? Period, point blank, you will never fail. And that goes, like I said, professionally and personally. Like, what do I know? I walked the dog this morning. Who needs to know? My wife needs to know that so she doesn't take him on a walk when I leave for work. <laughs> Does she know? If she doesn't know, then she might waste 30 minutes taking my dog on a long walk when she could have been doing, you know, gone on a run or something like that. Conversely, professionally, okay, uh, so-and-so is going to be absent today. They are sick. That's going to leave me with less than 50% of the managers that I need. Need, uh, to hit our volume and capacity today. Who needs to know? Uh, everyone needs to know. Uh, the person who's going to be covering for that manager needs to know. My boss needs to know. Their associates need to know. Do they know? If not, then you run the risk of just starting the day off completely backwards, all because something wasn't relayed. That is freaking genius. I love <laughs> that. And I feel like you're right. It is so simple. It makes a huge difference. And nobody does it. And I no. feel like nobody does it. I don't know. You tell me. You're the expert here. But I'm going to mm -hmm. guess that there's two reasons people don't do this. Mm -hmm. One is that people are just too freaking busy. Like everybody's just running around doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. They're not worried about everybody else. And number two, when you said let them learn why decisions are being made and why they're being asked to do something, mm -hmm. I feel like people – and I know I worked for some managers. They did hoard information 
because for some reason it made them feel important and it made them feel special. Like they knew something I didn't know and it was their job to just tell me what to do. And I just had to do it like I was a little robot. So I think some people just, they're insecure and and that makes them feel special. But I mean, you tell me, why do people not do this? Let me tell you something on that. And and it took me forever to figure this out. And I'm really, really glad you said that. So I I wondered to myself, why do people or, you know, seniors or whoever, why do they hoard the information? And I think, you know, there's so much shit talk about millennials, but millennials are really on it. They work hard. They they are the ones we're talking about who have the side hustle, who are going to open their business, whatever it may be. But here's the thing. They can catch on and process information very quickly. And I think I'm a millennial, actually. Someone's like, if you or when were you born? I'm like, 1980. They're like, that's the cutoff. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? But anyway, I, I guess I'm a millennial as well. But it boils down to this. If I give you too much information, you might be able to close the gap between what I do and what you do quickly. And that is a threat and a half to a manager who's probably in a position that they don't need to be in. And they just kind of, like I said, they, they got there because maybe the growth has been exponential. Maybe technically they meet um, the qualifications of that next role, but on a maybe emotional intelligence level or just a basic leadership level, they suck. Uh, so what happens is, you know, it's like, well, I will keep them at bay or they're going to use the excuse. Uh, they don't need that yet. Like another X amount of months in this position isn't going to hurt them. And I just think that's, I mean, it's bullshit. So I, I think there's a serious intimidation factor. And you know what? If someone becomes a peer of mine or goes in front of me because I was able to help them, do you know how much longer they're going to remember that than, you know, the me just kind of leading them along little by little. I, I mean, it's just, there's, there's no value in that. So that's something that's, that's a really big deal, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. What do I know? Who needs to know? And do they know? And I'm just thinking right now, as you say this, like, okay, do I do this in my business? Do I make sure this is done? So this is a really good, personally and selfishly, I'm glad we're having this conversation and other people are listening it's in hard. on it. Believe me, it's, it's simple, but it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I forget, but it's 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 foundational i think it's it's a very very good tool definitely um yeah it's very foundational and yeah it's it's simple but it's not easy it's like when people say oh on social media you're just supposed to be authentic and engage with others well that's simple but it's yeah. not easy to spend hours doing that a day to build your social media so same kind sure. of idea simple but not easy okay yeah. so we have those three questions we have that foundation we know something we tell people about it. We make sure that they know it. And this is now. I'm now. I'm digressing. I feel mm-hmm. like this is actually good, not just for team, but for clients. Of course. Uh, so for clients, and, and I mean, you could not be more right. I believe my personal style is just to over communicate. If I am bombarding you with information like, okay, like you may tell me like, Rich, like I got it, like take it easy. Like I I get you finished phase one of all the projects or here's your weekly roll up for the week or or whatever it is, but you will eventually get used to it. And maybe I end up in your junk email box or something like that. But if you really, if you get used to it or not get used to it, if I'm consistent with that and I don't deviate, then you know you could find whatever information you need whenever you need it. Rather, 
than pulling information. No, no one wants to pull information. Nobody, including you, wants to get that email like, hey, how's my whatever, whatever coming along? Nobody wants that. So if you're just kind of pushing that information along, whether it's good or bad news, meaning, uh, you know what, I my external hard drive crashed not long ago, me. Uh, so, I mean, I lost everything everything and it was super devastating and I was just like okay there's nothing I could do except continue on I need to push I scheduled a bunch of interviews and and I'm rolling however I had to send emails to people clients of mine and just like hey I lost this I lost this it sucks let's reschedule an interview on the house we'll make it better I'll bring this uh, I'll bring someone along just so we could get better angles and and that's it but you know no one wants to know that later if someone were to say hey uh, when's, and you said that actually you did it at the very beginning of this. You said, I have a backlog and I'm batching and this probably won't come out, you know, for a couple months or whatever it may be like, that's good. Thanks. Thanks. You know what? That just prevented me from hitting you up in three weeks and saying, Hey, <laughs> you know, what's going on? Like, you know, how's it coming? You know, you don't have to explain you over communicated. So I, I think it's important to, to over communicate and when it comes to client-based relationships, I mean, that you can't ask for a better way to just push information when you're just constantly kind of giving updates. And again, like it may be annoying for them, but you are just going to look that much better because, I mean, you're just on top of it. And I know that sounds really simple, trivial, or whatever you want to call it, but just over communicate and you are going to probably be someone that's going to have that same client for a very long time. That is so true. And I'm thinking in my industry, so I have a public relations agency. And when I talk to a lot of potential clients early in the sales process, they always tell me, oh, we've hired PR before and it was a terrible experience. We gave these people money and we never heard from them. We never knew what they were doing. And the way PR works is, me and my team, we work to get you organic media hits. We're not paying for advertising. Yep. So we can't control an editor or a producer. If they don't want to you know, put you in their magazine or on TV, we can't make them because it's all organic. So I make it a point to update all of my clients every Friday. They get an email. This is what we did this week. This is the response we got. This is what we're working on next week. And I actually had one client and he said, I just had to go with you because I was going to hear from you every week and I was going to know what you were doing every week. So yeah. it's it speaks a lot just to let people know what you're doing because we're not mind readers. Um, I, there, there was a book that I read not too long ago called The Four Agreements. And yeah. one of the agreements is to not assume anything. Like you have to tell people exactly what's happening or else they're not going to know. Yeah, I, I think there's like that weird like point in time where you think to yourself, and this happened to me early on, like, am I going to hear from them first or am I going to reach out to them first? And, and you know, I, I mean, it's just, you just don't want that weird, awkward feeling. And if you're doing your weekly, you know, Friday uh, kind of recap, I mean, I would be comforted, I could tell you that much, instead of me just kind of wondering. So I, I think... I think again, like that, that is leadership in my, in my opinion, and it's communication both kind of rolled into one. And I think uh, for small businesses, that is what's going to separate you. Like, I mean, for example, Starbucks, you know, Starbucks, you know how they market, you know what you're going to get. It might not be the best coffee. Sure. Fine. No big deal. 
you also know that down the street there is a local coffee house. They're a little bit more hipster. They know your name. You get free refills. Uh, they're marketing themselves in a different way. But sometimes that experience that you're providing is just slightly more personal. Uh, personal. Uh, uh, there's a little bit more of an emotional interaction. Not to say that Starbucks doesn't have customer good customer service or anything like that, but it's just different. That touch. That little touch that you're talking about, keeping the communication open and flowing at all times, is a differentiator that people take for granted consistently. Yeah. Okay. So we have those three questions, which are amazing. We should like adopt these all day, every day in our life. What do I know? Who needs to know? Do they know? Now, mm -hmm. what do we do after that? Because you have that great foundation. Like, what is the next step in making sure that our conversations with our team or our clients are seamless? Okay, so you evaluate is the next is the next thing you do. So you have to have a very good scrutinizing eye to see if what you conveyed was actually received because you may think, okay, I may think I asked myself those three questions and then I'm on the last question, like, do they know? And I told them I feel great. And then they go and do the opposite. So you are not you know, infallible just because you accomplished your goal of meeting those, you know, answering those three questions, you have to evaluate. So did, are, are their actions mapping out to my intent and to what I asked them to do? Uh, because nothing is worse than when you have to go give feedback and then ultimately it's your fault. You know, like what did I leave out? You know, what, what potentially did I leave out? Where was I not specific? Uh, and one way you could uh, kind of avoid that, it's, it's almost like a, a sub question to the last question is, it's a, it's a technique I used to do in the Marine, or I used to use in the Marine Corps. Well, the Marine Corps teaches you this and it's called repeat, verify, answer, verify, meaning I tell you what you need to know and then you go rich. So just to be clear, you want us here at seven, but we're actually starting XYZ at 730. And I'll say, your question was, you know, you want us here at 7 and we start at 7.30. And I ask you, so that's repeating the question. Then I ask you that. And then, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, repeat, uh, repeat, verify, ask, verify. Or now I just screwed it all up. But either way, so I say to you, I ask you that. I verify that that's your question. I answer it. And then I say, yes, this is why. And this is why this. And 7.30 is why I want you to begin uh, this process. And I want you here at 7 just so we could go over the plan because things may have changed overnight. Does that answer your question? I verify right then and there. Does that answer your question? That way you reduce the probability of any ambiguity whatsoever. And you could go from there. Now, again, if you forget to do that, and sometimes you are in a time crunch, like I don't like using time as a crutch, but, you know, sometimes just time is of the essence. Um, you know, you need to be able to evaluate and check the actions. Are they doing, are their actions consistent with what I explained? And if not, it's on you. Okay. Like you, you can never just kind of assume, um, it was on them. You have to take responsibility. And this is enormously important if you are starting your own business or you're experiencing some growth, like everything is your fault. And the minute you don't think everything is your fault is the minute you're going to lose the buy-in of everyone and you no longer are empowering them. So uh, it's your fault. And you just have to ask yourself a, a friend of mine, he's an author. He, he says, 
the first question you should ask yourself when something goes wrong is what's my part in the mess? What's my part? You know, like before I go, Jessica, you blah, 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 or Sam, you did this, you know, like I said to do this, like what's my part in the mess? Because that will probably de-escalate your emotional response before you have that feedback conversation. And that conversation may go from blaming to being like, hey, Christina, you know what? Like I did not explain that. What I actually wanted was this. No big deal. Let's move on. Like, do you have any questions? Like, this is what I want. Do you have any questions? You do the repeat, verify, answer, verify uh, little, you know, tool, and then you move on. So uh, that's what I would say is the next step. Just is, are they doing what you asked them to do the way you wanted them to do it? And I love that you brought up the defensiveness issue (laughs) because I find that's so common, especially when you're working with people on your team and you're talking about um, telling them to do something or not to do something or asking them, you know, how did this happen? Why did this happen? People, like, they can't just answer a freaking question. They get crazy defensive. So how do you work with people like that? Uh, Work with people who, like, so are you asking from me as the leader or me as, or the person who gets defensive I'm asking as, well, let's do both. Let's mm-hmm. start Let's start with the leader, and then we'll go to the person who gets defensive. Because I think the person who gets defensive doesn't realize they're being defensive. So let's start with the leader on yep. how to deal with people like that. So you just, I, I, I mean, this word gets thrown around so much, but like safe space or words, safe space. Like you just need to be super clear from the beginning. Anytime I get anybody new or have had anyone new, I said, please, this relationship is going to be so special the more transparent you are with me. I will tell you my thoughts. I will tell you if I'm upset. I will tell you if I'm happy. I will always tell you when I'm proud of you. I will always tell you. I will never delay positive feedback ever, ever, ever. So please come to me because the only way I could help you is if you help me by asking. Okay, so that's kind of like something that you do and you established, uh, you know, some trust right off the bat. Now, if someone's getting defensive with me, uh, you know, I, I, I try and just unless something was really out of the ordinary as far as a rule that was broken that could potentially result in uh, some sort of punishment or, or you know, something, a uh, violation, if, if it's none of those categories, then you know what, like this building or this work or this client is, is going to be here tomorrow. So there's no reason for me to let their defensiveness feed into me. You know, behavior breeds behavior. I shouldn't get defensive either. I shouldn't really try and prove my point. Like, no, I told you this. Uh, this is what I said. You just weren't listening. That, that of course, is going to sink the ship faster. So what I do is, look, we are all good here. Mistakes happen. I make about 10 mistakes before I even get to work. You know, this is what I did today. I mean, share something personal if you had to. I forgot to bring diapers to daycare for my daughter. And you know what? That sucks because now they're going to be like, why did Rich forget to bring diapers, right? So I share anything uh, that just makes me a little bit more relatable to show that I am susceptible to mistakes all the time as well because that's just the truth. Now, the defensive personnel, no one wants to do a bad job. 
No one wants to do a bad job. Not to mention, if you are not a good leader, in my opinion, you are going to have a lot more of that. I feel if you are a good leader, you will maybe have those ones and twos, uh, those kind of people who, uh, you know, give you problems consistently. You could tell they don't want to be there, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's really kind of difficult for you. But if they're just generally good-hearted, hardworking employees that you have a good relationship with and they're defensive, nine times out of 10, it's just a simple way of them protecting themselves uh, because maybe they're upset that they let you down. And that's what I like to hope. The times I got defensive, especially in the Marine Corps, because I had so much respect, I just didn't want to fail them. So I got defensive and then you catch yourself acting out of character until I came across you know, one of my mentors who just always kind of de-escalated me, brought me down, talked me off the ledge, you know, like where I felt like my heart racing and I had to explain everything I could. And he was just so forgiving um, and it made me feel better. So that's that's why I adopt the leadership side of it. And the defensive side is hopefully they just don't want to let you down. And uh, if it's something else, then it's just usually they just don't want to be there in the first place. And that's a separate problem. Awesome. Thank you so uh, much, Rich. Do you have... Um... Do you have a place where we can send people so they can learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. Um, so richcardona.net is my website. Um, and you can catch me at Flybys Media on any platform. And on, um, I'm sorry, on LinkedIn, it's Rich Cardona as well. And I believe the tagline says serial interviewer. Uh, so what I do now is I create social media content for C-suite executives and hyper growth entrepreneurs. So it's very, very timely that we had this podcast. Uh, just, I'd like to get those messages from amazing leaders out there. Uh, because like you said, I'm amazed that there's still bad leaders out there. Well, I mean, it's 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 a problem, but what if your company has that amazing CFO and that person's extremely relatable? You want to know about that person. So I'm on a mission to identify those people, find them, interview them, talk to them, and just make some great content for job seekers and just, you know, employees around the world. Awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes. Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet, please tap that subscribe button. Leave me a rating or review because I do check them out. Apple doesn't let me respond, but I swear I'm reading them. And I appreciate it so much. And let me know what you want to hear more on the podcast. What do you want to hear more of? Let me know so I can put together an episode, whether it be a solo episode, or if you want me to bring on a certain guest or maybe just a certain topic, and then I can find the guest to talk about that topic, you can reach me on Instagram or Twitter. I am at Christina all day. And while you're there, let me know where you're listening to this podcast from. Are you in the car? Are you running? Are you doing your makeup? I listen in the car and I listen when I do my makeup. Um... Because, hey, I love to multitask and I love to learn. So that's where I listen to my podcasts. So where do you listen to the Becoming Media Maven podcast? Let me know. And if you have those ideas, you can hit me up on social media. You can also email me at Christina at MediaMavenAndMore.com. And don't forget, you can find everything in the show notes at MediaMavenAndMore.com. Just tap over to the podcast section and it will all be there. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you next week.